Are you tired of spending countless hours in the kitchen every week trying to figure out what to make and constantly overspending on takeout? My guide, Well Prepped, is here to revolutionize your mealtime routine by offering you the perfect solution. Prep once, cook twice, and enjoy delicious, macro-friendly meals all week long. The food struggle is real. You want to eat well-balanced meals that taste good. You want to make most of your meals at home, but don't want to be a slave to your kitchen. You know you should be eating more protein, but don't know how in the world to get it in. You're overwhelmed with just choosing a recipe you have saved, so you end up getting takeout again. Insert well-prepped, a guide I created to take the guesswork out of efficiently making delicious, macro-friendly meals. This guide provides you with eight weeks of recipes. Each week, you'll prep once for 30 minutes, cook twice, and then enjoy eating all week. That's right. The two recipes will make you a total of six meals. I even made Instacart links for all the weekly groceries you'll need so you don't even need to think about grocery shopping. I'm all about saving time, money, and mental energy when it comes to feeding my family healthy meals, and now I get to share that with you. Grab your copy of Well Prepped at aishazaza.com. And from my kitchen to yours, cheers to eating well and being well prepped. Do you feel lost when it comes to nutrition, counting macros, and the endless information there is out there about optimizing your energy and getting into the best shape that you want to be in? Jenny, the nutritionist, has designed the nutrition program for ladies who lift weights and want to build muscle and decrease body fat. Vaguely eating less and working out more is not how you create an above average shape. Building a badass shape requires a strategy where your nutrition is aligned with your training and your plan is fine-tuned. Create Your Shape is Jenny's four-month nutrition coaching program where she'll help you change your body composition, you'll be taught the science of nutrition, and you'll be able to create a nutrition routine that runs on autopilot. I have learned so much from her, and she truly is the best at what she does. For Mindset Mile listeners, she's offering 10% off her four-month nutrition program with the code MILE10. Check her out on Instagram at JennyTheNutritionist and go to JennyTheNutritionist.com backslash create-your-shape to learn more and join the Create Your Shape ladies. Welcome to the Mindset Mile podcast, the show that'll leave you empowered to take action towards becoming the turned up version of your already awesome self. I'm your host, Aisha Zaza, and I'm so glad you're here. Let's go. Hey friend, welcome back to another episode of the Mindset Mile podcast. I have a really special guest today, Alyssa Husted, who is a master restorative wellness practitioner and nutritional therapist, whom I'm excited to have a really awesome conversation about hormones and birth control and all of the things that negatively affect our body for in different ways. So Alyssa, hi, welcome to the show. Hi, thank you so much for having me, Aisha. Um, yeah, I actually, a little bit of background about me, I actually spent majority of my life as a ballet dancer and I 
danced until 26 and was forced to retire because of an injury. But shortly after met my husband and we got married. And then I transitioned from ballet into teaching ballet and then into fitness. Um, and then when my husband and I got married, we actually were planning on having kids a little earlier because I was 27. And I'd always had kind of debilitating cycles. So I kind of in the back of my mind wondered how that was going to go. <laughs> and I really do believe it was intuition because we um, early on in our marriage did struggle to conceive. I had many um, chemical pregnancies, which are like very early miscarriages. Um, and because of that, I decided I wanted to learn more about my body and understand why this was happening. So I signed up for the Nutritional Therapy Association's um, certification to just get the foundations of health and learn from that. And from that actually started my own nutritional therapy business. I didn't think it was, when I signed up, I didn't think it was going to turn into a business, but I really fell in love with health and wellness and learning it from a functional holistic approach, which is very different than our modern, modern healthcare system, unfortunately. Um, but, you know, during my struggle to conceive, I realized that preparing your body for pregnancy is really one of the most important things you can do. And um, by understanding like what our health status is before pregnancy, we can address like root causes such as deficiencies and balances, toxicity, infections and stress, which are all dysfunctions that can lead to poor health outcomes, um, even for our children, because they inherit some of what we have, um, which we can talk a little bit more about later. Um, but then using, you know, supporting the body with whole foods and targeted supplementation and holistic care can, you know, really set us up for success in, in terms of boosting fertility and the amount of symptoms we have or severity of them and then our health before and after pregnancy. Um, but then also, again, like I said, for our babies who ultimately inherit um, some of our toxicity levels and our gut microbiome, which is where 70% of our immune system actually lives. Um, so because of all of that in my story, um, I started Fertility Wellness Co. so that I can help couples do exactly this. And now I get to support women um, and couples in preconception, pregnancy, and postpartum. I love watching. I, we, I've been following you on Instagram <laughs> for years now, I think. So I've seen a lot of this journey that you just shared with us. And I think it's been so cool to see the evolution of your your journey from your infertility struggles to uh, your adoption, which I'm sure you'll share about in a little bit. But I feel like you always just share such great information that is easy for the everyday person to understand. Because all of the things that you just mentioned, I think are very lost on people. They don't know even where to start addressing some of the things that might be an issue just in their health, but let alone if they are trying to conceive. And so I guess, you know, what prompted me to invite you on the show was because I had a listener write in and ask me what my thoughts were on birth control. And she was curious, you know, what form of birth control I used, why I used it, if I wasn't on it, like, how did I, you know, how did I get to that place, which I haven't been using any type of birth control for years. And I, I just didn't want any of the, I didn't want those hormones like messing with my body at all. I didn't, it wasn't even like a, 
incident where something happened where I was like, I need to get off of this stat. I didn't have like major issues from it, but I know so many women do. So I guess where I would love to start is since birth control is kind of this like hotter topic and people are becoming aware of the negative effects, side effects of birth control, what are some what can you share with us that you know about birth control and what are maybe some options for those who don't want to be on birth control anymore, but do not want to get pregnant? Yeah, that's a great question. I think, um, well, for, first of all, I'll put this little disclaimer out there. I'm obviously not a medical provider or a doctor, so everything I'm sharing is for educational purposes only. Um, but it is one area that I think it's, it is a good idea to do your ho- homework, basically. Um, you know, I believe that medication has a time and it's pl- a place. Um, but what bothers me in our healthcare system today is that I think we're overusing medications, especially birth control, as, as Band-Aids. You know, medication can be helpful in certain situations, but more often than not, it doesn't actually heal the issue, and it's also packaged with side effects. So, you know, number one, birth control is known to deplete the body of essential vitamins and minerals, especially B vitamins, zinc, um, vitamin C, magnesium. It also alters gut microbiome, so it increases inter- intestinal permeability, which is also known as leaky gut, which leads to um, makes you more susceptible to food sensitivities. Um, it can suppress thyroid function. It can alter blood sugar and insulin sensitivity. It can also increase inflammation. And this is one that I see on almost every blood panel that I do for a client who comes to me on birth control. I start with a full blood panel. Um, One of their inflammation markers is usually very high. And then once they've gotten off and have been working with me for a couple months, we retest and this inflammation marker is always back in range. So um, another thing, you know, is the birth control actually blocks your normal sex hormones from working properly. So by giving yourself this synthetic dose of hormones, you're blocking your body's own natural hormone production. And so you're creating basically a fake period. Um, That bleed is not real. It's fake. And so some people um, who get off of it can conceive right away. But for most people, it can take like six to 12 months for those hormones to start working properly again. Um, but I would say the best alternative alternative for those who are wanting to get off but are not ready to be pregnant is probably the fertility awareness method and condoms. But there's also so many apps and tools right now that are available to help you track your cycle, such as the Ava bracelet, or um, there's one called Natural Cycles. I'm actually currently using one called Anito, which is really for trying to conceive purposes. They don't have on there that it's preventing for preventing to conceive, but it's really awesome because you're actually testing your hormones throughout the month. You can see exactly when you're ovulating or when you're fertile or not, which I think is such a huge thing that we can do that from the comfort of our home now. That is really nice. How does that work? The in, what was it called? Invito. Invito. I N I. Invito. T O. Yeah. So it's they send you a little um, clip that you put on your phone, and it's basically like a pee strip you do in the morning, and you click that into the clip and the, your phone reads the strip and it tells you um, your estrogen, your progesterone, your FSH and your LH. So they have you do it certain times during the month so that you can start to see when you're getting into your fer- fertile zone and even if you've ov- ovulated. So I had like a weird cycle last month. So I was super curious to track it this cycle. 
to see. Um, I am 40 now. Um, I don't think I'm in premenopause yet, but I'm just curious, you know, so I want to see are my hormones still acting the way that they should in a cycling woman. And thankfully so far they are, (laughs) but, um, yeah, it's been really interesting. That is fascinating. So how would someone be able to tell if they were ovulating based off of the information that this gives? Like what numbers should they be looking at and tracking? Okay, so they want to see um, a rise in LH and FSH and estrogen right before ovulation. And then the biggest thing that I think really can help you tell if you ovulated is if your progesterone does a nice big bell curve in your luteal phase. So that's in the second half of the phase of your cycle. Um, A lot of us are either estrogen dominant where, um, and that can be that you're too low in progesterone and not ovulating, or it could be that you just have too much estrogen in the body. And so it's still too big of a gap. And a lot of times in, in either of those situations, there's a lot of PMS symptoms, just, yeah, a lot of those kind of symptoms leading up into the week into your menstrual cycle. Okay. Back to when I first asked if, you know, what, what people can use in terms of preventing getting pregnant, you had mentioned fertility awareness tracking. Could you walk us through a little bit of what that means, what that looks like and how to do that? Yes. So there's lots of apps that can help you do this, but basically you're looking for different signs that you are approaching ovulation. Um, One of them is basal body temperature. So you take your temperature upon arising. Um, I think it's natural cycles that does that. Like they send you a little thermometer um, and then you can you can feel cervical position when it's higher and lifted and open. Um, The biggest one is probably cervical mucus. So sperm can't live um, without a specific type of cervical mucus, um, that egg white white mucus. So anytime that's happening, there's a chance that you can conceive. So at that point, you would either use a condom or just abstain um, from pregnancy. But yeah, there's so many different things on the market right now. Um, and it's very empowering to understand your body that way. You know, even if you're younger and you're not thinking about wanting to have kids, um, really starting to understand your body now can set you up for better success when you are trying to conceive and, um, just learning if there are imbalances that you need to address, start addressing now. Absolutely. I love that we're having this conversation. I feel like this is so valuable. I'm hoping that the people that are listening to this are like, yes, this is what I've been looking for. And this is where I need to start getting myself more informed because, you know, I think that there's more conversation around it happening online, which I think is beneficial, but it's, I feel like it's kind of one of those things that can be a little bit like overwhelming to start getting to know and where to start. Like I said, so this is amazing. Yes. I highly recommend to the book by Dr. Jolene Brighton called Beyond the Pill. She really like uncovers, you know, all the different options. She talks about IUDs, the side effects of those, everything really. So if this is a subject that you're either you're on birth control or thinking about it, I would definitely recommend reading that book. It's called Beyond the Pill. Beyond the Pill. We'll be sure to add that to the show notes. That's super valuable. Thank you. Okay. I love that you share so much about gut health. And I know this is another hot topic that people are waking up to, which I think is amazing because as you mentioned earlier, was it 70% of your immune system? Yeah. Yeah. Your immune system starts in your gut. So how does the gut affect overall health, weight loss, and hormones? Let's talk about that. 
Yeah. So the gut is first and foremost in my practice. I believe it's the mother of the body. So it feeds all of us from our skin to our immune systems to our mental health, even because I think it's 80% of your serotonin is made in your gut. Um, And it can definitely affect our weight and hormones. And there's many different ways that you can have dysfunction and imbalance in the gut. I would say the first one is digestive dysfunction. So this can happen when you're not eating in a calm state. So you're eating all stressed out. And so your digestive system is essentially turned off, um, not chewing well enough, not producing enough stomach acid, which often results in burping, heartburn, stomach aches, gas, and bloating. Um, And then, you know, another area that can kind of go wrong in the digestive system is what we call leaky gut or intestinal permeability. I mentioned that earlier. And this happens in the small intestine um, in the tight junctions of the lining. And it's when those junctions start to open, it becomes there becomes a little gap. And so particles of food get into your bloodstream that shouldn't be there. And your body has this autoimmune type of response. So essentially, it's causing food sensitivities and can also lead to other types of autoimmunity. Um, And then you know, we have to look out for any major pathogens. There is something called H. pylori, which is an infection of the upper GI, so in your stomach. And then also looking out for parasites, fungal overgrowth, which is also known as candida, dysbiosis, or other imbalances in gut bacteria. Um, Usually these types of things will manifest themselves in some of the symptoms I mentioned earlier, but also in IBS, um, which is a fluctuation between constipation or diarrhea. Um, and what's so interesting is we have more microbiome in our bodies than we do have cells. And so it's really important that we feed the good bacteria with whole foods, fermented foods and fiber, and we take care of any opportunistic or bad bacteria with specific herbs or protocols. But there's also certain bacteria that can contribute to weight gain and one that, ones that can actually contribute to estrogen dominance. Um, so it's really important to get all of that in check. I will say about like probiotics, most of them on the market today are completely worthless. Unfortunately, Um, probiotics are usually the very last thing that I add to my clients' protocols. If I do, there's only a couple brands that I really trust. Um, Microbiome Labs is one of them. But if you have any gut issues at all, taking a probiotic blindly can make it worse, actually, or not help at all. So um, it's one of those things that unless you're working with a practitioner or taking a really quality one, it's probably a waste of your money. Um, But I usually start all my clients with two gut tests. One is the GI DNA map test, and this is a single-day stool sample, and we test for all their microbiome, if they have any gut infections, parasites, H. pylori, pathogens. It also tells us how they're digesting their foods and their fat. Um, It tells us the health of their gut immune system and if they're sensitive to gluten. And then I also have them do the MRT food sensitivity test, which is a blood test that tests their blood to 185 foods and chemicals. And we get to see the degree of reactivity or how much inflammation those foods or chemicals are causing in their body. And then I combine those two tests to make a three-month protocol to work on supporting digestion and healing the gut. Um, And what's amazing is that by healing the gut, you can often clear up other issues like hormone imbalances, joint pain, headaches, skin issues, and so many other things. So it's always a good place to start. Wow. That's a lot. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. As a mom of two, small business owner, and self-proclaimed go-getter, the time I spend focusing my attention and energy outward far outweighs the time I have to myself, which I know we can all relate to. But filling your own cup is vital if you want to be able to fill up others. 
I'm a big advocate for therapy for many reasons, including the tools you can learn to find more balance in your life so that you can keep supporting others without leaving yourself behind. If you're thinking of starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online, designed to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. Find more balance with BetterHelp. Visit betterhelp.com slash mindset mile to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Mindset Mile. Quality and stylish eyewear is a non-negotiable for me, which is why I love Gooder sunglasses. As a mom of two, I have enough things to remember to get out the door. So since Gooder sunnies are only $25, I like to keep them everywhere from my purse to my gym bag to my center console in the car, so I'm never without sunglasses. They're lightweight and comfortable, and I love that they don't budge when I wear them running. If you want to support the show and pick up a pair, Gooder is giving Mindset Mile listeners free shipping on your first order. You can go to gooder.com backslash Mindset Mile and use code Mindset Mile at checkout for free shipping. And I also posted the link in the show notes. Gooder offers 30-day back money guarantees and 100% satisfaction. Find your pair at gooder.com. That's G-O-O-D-R dot com backslash mindset mile to get free shipping on your first order. So what, what in general, I know this is going to be specific to each client, but what type of protocol, what type of three month protocol does that look like? Yeah. So it's really taking their results um, because we're seeing specific strains of either good or bad bacteria, whether they're high or low, and we're just going in there and we're trying to rebalance. So say a client with food with specifically foods and targeted supplementation. So, um, supplements are usually a big part of it just because if there are things like parasites or candida diet is usually not enough to, um, get rid of that. And I will say there are some times where GI maps come back and I say, Hey, take this to your doctor and just get the medication. It's too hard to do it the natural way, you know? So I'm not opposed to that either. Um, but then we also remove those food sensitivities just because we're eliminating inflammation and allowing even the small intestine to heal so that hopefully by the end of those three months, we can reintroduce some of those foods without any major reactions. Um, sometimes, you know, if someone's been struggling with gut issues for years, it can take more than three months. It could take several rounds of gut protocols. But um, in my experience, there's usually a huge leap that happens in those three months, but it takes a lot of dedication on the client's part. I'm pretty picky about who I even work with because I don't want them to spend the money or the time um, mm-hmm. if they're not going to put the work into it because I can just kind of direct and then they're the ones who ultimately have to stick with it. Yeah, absolutely. I love that you qualify your patients because yeah, they're, that's you're only doing half the work by getting tested and finding out what the problem is. But mm-hmm. what what are the biggest symptoms of leaky gut, as you mentioned? Like how would someone know without maybe getting this in-depth test or this in-depth testing done? What are some symptoms that they can identify as leaky gut? You know, so I feel like the biggest one is brain fog. And, you know, and so many of us have brain fog today. Um, I think all of us have it to a degree because there's, this is a whole nother hot topic right now, but Our foods are sprayed with pesticides and herbicides. Glyphosate is put on everything. And those things are definitely doing damage to our small intestines. Um, Gluten is not made the way it used to be. Our body is recognizing it as foreign. It is definitely a big contributor to leaky gut and to thyroid issues. Um, So a lot of it's the quality of food that we're eating, for sure. 
Um, but then other symptoms, so yeah, brain fog, um, rashes, noticing that certain foods cause different reactions. Um, that can even just be bloating. But the thing with food sensitivities, they're different than allergies or intolerances, is that it can take up to like three days to actually have a symptom. So you could eat something and then it would maybe be two days later and you're suffering with like a headache and you're like, what is going on? But you don't know what you just ate. So what's so cool about the MRT is that we're not having to do an elimination diet to figure it out. We have the backing and the data right there to show us what's contributing to that. I completely agree with you about the quality and the types of foods that we're consuming. And in fact, I just had a very recent real example that I posted yesterday on my stories about how one of my favorite coffee creamers has recently been reformulated with soybean oil. And I was so upset to see this because the reason why I even was purchasing that coffee creamer was because it was made with whole ingredients. And you know, coffee definitely is one of those things I think people are like very particular about, you know, especially when you're having it at home, you want to have it the way that you enjoy it. And this was just like so devastating to so many people because they were like, no. And I do, you know, in our household, I am really diligent about reading the ingredients of like whatever I'm buying at the store and seed oils are one of the biggest things that it was kind of one of the biggest and easiest steps to take in changing the things that we or I was buying for my household. So tell us a little bit about seed oils and how they affect our body and our gut. Yeah. So um, I'll start with this. So not all seed oils are actually bad. They're, they are considered polyunsaturated fatty acids or PUFAs. Um, is the abbreviation, Um, but they're unstable even at room temperature. So they're very easily damaged by heat, light, moisture, and oxygen exposure. So it's when they are heated to high temperatures and oxidized that they're very damaging for the body. So things like cold-pressed flaxseed oil and black currant oil can actually be good for the body and help with hormone balancing, for instance, as long as they're really well-sourced and they're kept in the fridge. So the oils that you really need to look out for are unfortunately the ones that a lot of restaurants cook with and are in many packaged products. So those are going to be like the soy oil, canola oil, safflower, rapeseed, corn, vegetable, margarine, and shortening. The main problems with most of these oils is that when they're exposed to the stressors of processing, they become rancid or oxidized and form free radicals. And so these um, kind of chaotic skewed fatty acid molecules now in their free radical form wreck havoc on our body and they actually attack the DNA, our DNA and RNA, um, cell membranes, vascular walls, and red, red blood cells, which all then cascade even deeper into um, things such as tumor formation, accelerated aging, um, plaque accumulation, autoimmune imbalances, and more. So yes, they're very bad for you. So I'm glad you are checking and you are particular about that those kinds of fats in your household. Um, but I would say the most stable and healthy fats for cooking and even occasionally frying are going to be um, your animal fats and your tropical oils. Um, these are part of the saturated fat family. Um, so I personally love cooking with ghee, which is a clarified butter because it can be heated to a higher temperature without oxidizing. You know, or you can do butter or lard, tallow or coconut oil are all great. Um, avocado oil and um, olive oil are also great for dressings or co- even cooking at lower or medium temperatures. You just want to make sure you know the smoke smoke points for each of those and you're using them correctly. Thank you so much for sharing all of that info because 
The biggest problem I think that I find that people have when when they're trying to make these dietary changes is that they think they need to do everything all at once. And when we are shown things online or when we see things online like oils are bad, gluten, dairy, you know, oat milk this and red meat that and cholesterol this, it's kind of like, whoa, where do I start, right? So mm-hmm. I think what what would you suggest if someone was like I want to make a big lifestyle change in how I'm eating at home and what, you know, the things that I can control besides oils, what is maybe one other layer that they can add and get used to? Cause to me, I feel like this can be a, um, like a habit stacking. I feel like this, wh- when you're making like big changes mm-hmm. like this for someone that might not be in the know with any of this and they don't know how to change all of it all at once. What is Mm -hmm. another area of um, foods that they can address right away, you know, like either eliminate or substitute for? Yeah. Well, I mean, I think the oils probably is the biggest one because if you think about that, it eliminates a lot of your packaged foods. You have to be very particular with what you're buying. And so automatically you're going to be eating a lot more whole foods and making a lot more meals with those healthier fats at home. So that's, if you're, if you're not already doing that, like you are, um, then that is a great place to start. A second would be working on blood sugar balancing. So avoiding excess Mm. sugar, um, just because blood sugar balance to me, along with gut health, they're, they're pretty even, but blood sugar balance might be even a little higher, um, really affects hormones. There's a whole hormone cascade that starts with blood sugar imbalance. And we really have an epidemic today in our country of, you know, people with insulin resistance and diabetes. And it all starts with kind of those waves of, of blood sugar, which is really hard to explain. There's another book that I love for that. Um, it's by, um, I think her name is Kelly Levesque or LeCue, and it's called Body Love. That one's really good to check out. Um, she just kind of teaches you how to make whole rounded meals that aren't going to affect your blood sugar um, and keep your energy more stable throughout the day. But yeah, that's probably the second one to oils. Um, if you were trying to make, yeah, trying to do some habit stacking and trying to create those lifestyle changes. So helpful. I wish I could just live in your brain and like know all this, like the back of my hand as well. I feel like I know, you know, a good you amount, do. but it's so yeah. interesting to know the science of it and why and how, because it, it is overwhelming when, especially when you think that you're buying something that is good for you, you know, the way that food is packaged and the way that it's marketed, you, you have to be really diligent. I mean, things that you don't expect would have any type of like canola oil or, soybean oil, it's hard to understand what the purpose of it even is in certain foods, you know? And uh, sadly, I mean, I think a lot of people love shopping at Trader Joe's, but so many of their like things that you just don't expect would have canola or or soybean oil or sunflower oil just do. And it's it's a major overhaul when you, Mm -hmm. (laughs) if you're not used to it, you know, having to look at everything and reevaluate and look for substitutes in, in a lot of those foods. So yeah, I was actually at Trader Joe's and I was pleasantly surprised because they had a granola um, made it with coconut, coconut oil. And I was actually kind of shocked. I was like, Oh my gosh, it's coconut oil. That's amazing. I'll have to, (laughs) that is great because I feel like almost, I mean, things that like, I'm trying to think of something recently where I was like, I don't even understand why this has any other 
like filler in it. Yeah. It was like marinated artichokes or something. You're like, what? There's like 85 ingredients in marinated artichokes. It's just supposed to be artichokes and oil. Like, yeah. why? Um, okay. So Alyssa, if someone is listening to this and they are suffering from severe brain fog and low energy depression, like all those common side effects of a not so great diet and or hormone imbalance, what would you suggest is the first place they should start to improve their health and the way that they feel? Well, first of all, I want to say if this is you, which it is unfortunately a lot of people, um, it's not normal and it's really not a fun way to live. So it is more than worth it to invest in a trained functional practitioner who can help you get your life and health back if you need to. Um, but if you were starting to take some steps on your own, um, you know, diet and lifestyle is always first what we were just talking about, eating whole nutrient-dense foods, eating enough protein, which I'm sure you talk about a lot, um, exercising, it doesn't have to be a ton. You can start off real small, you know, just 20-minute walk a day, you know, sleeping well, drinking enough water, avoiding the excess sugar, processed packaged foods, um, trying not to eat out as often trying to avoid excessive alcohol and caffeine. Um, and then definitely past that, the biggest foundations, I would say, you know, working on blood sugar balancing and gut healing. But, you know, if this all just seems like way too extreme, what we're talking about today, I would just start with the baby steps because we have to remember that it's those tiny, seemingly insignificant um, decisions that we make every day that ultimately make the biggest impact, right? So it's waking up every day and choosing to believe that you're worth it. And by keeping those tiny little promises to yourself, you start to gain confidence in yourself that you can do it. Um, so never be afraid to reach out for support because often the most growth and change happens when you have someone who can help keep you accountable and help walk you through that. I think that's so important. And I'm so glad that you said it because I talk about this all the time on the show. I mean, that was the foundation of the Mindset Mile podcast was walking or running one mile a day for 30 mm. days while listening to the first 30 corresponding episodes. And it was to, it's easy. It's so easy to do that. It's equally as easy to not do. And we don't give enough credit to all of the ways in which our habits stack up against us, right? Like mm -hmm. it's so easy to eat out again or to not walk or run a mile a day or whatever the, the thing is. But those things compound over time mm -hmm. and we underestimate the confidence that it gives us to then start making change in other areas of our life. So I'm so happy that you just echoed that sentiment um, because I think it is, it's so important and it reveals a lot to you about where you can improve next, right? Mm -hmm. Like you have to start somewhere in order to know like, okay, this is the next step that I want to take in regards to changing my lifestyle or changing the way that I eat. You have to start somewhere. It doesn't need to be all at once. Getting rid of that all or nothing mentality, I think is the thing that people need to kick is that everything counts. Everything yes. counts and it adds up over time. Yes. And often it's two steps forward, one step back. Even in my practice and working with people who do have gut issues and deeper things, um, often it feels like you're going, you're going uphill, you're doing great. And then you're sliding down for a little bit, but you're always, it's always, you can always look back and go, oh my goodness, even though it hasn't felt like it, look how far I've come. You know, <laughs> even in our lives, mm -hmm. we can look back and say, wow, I was living very differently 10 years ago. Absolutely. I always, I use this analogy of a, like a graph 
right? Like if you're looking at a chart that takes some dips and peaks, right? And if you look at it up close, if you zoom in on your life and you're looking at this big dramatic dip because you have, it's like microscopic, like right in front of you, right? But if you zoom out and you look at the graph all together, mm. it's an upward trend, mm-hmm. you know, like you could see all along and I'm doing this up and down with my finger, like as we're talking, because a graph chart is up and down, you know, mm-hmm. but if you're hyper-focused on just how things are going right now and then throw in the towel because of it, then yeah, it's going to continue to go downward, but it's putting that one one foot in front of the next and zooming out and looking at the upward trend that was happening all along, even in the dips. Yeah, exactly. So is there anything else that you want to add personally that might help someone that's listening to this show in their health journey or their fertility journey? Or did you want to share a little bit about your adoption process and how you guys came to that? Yeah, yeah. And I'll even backtrack a little bit. I don't even think I shared how we actually did conceive naturally. We, um, so I, you know, got into the nutrition field. And then after two years of doing functional testing on my husband and myself and putting, putting ourselves through different um, detox protocols and um, addressing imbalances, we were able to conceive naturally. You know, I went to, before that, I'd gone to all the doctors, I had all the procedures, I had an MRI on my uterus, my uterus, a laparoscopy to check for endometriosis, had a DNC. I even met with three different doctors about doing IVF, but in the end, it just didn't feel right for me. Um, And I always knew I wanted to adopt. So maybe that gave me a little bit more patience in the whole process. But first, I did want to know that I had tried everything I could in my power to heal and balance my body and hopefully prepare it for conception. So we were ultimately able to get pregnant um, ironically, of course, it was like the week we were going to call the adoption agency. Um, but, you know, as soon as my son was born, I will tell you what, I felt like someone was missing. And so we started the adoption process when he was only eight months old. And, um, you know, the adoption process could be an entire podcast episode in itself, but I'll say this, it was hard. It was tedious. There was a ton of paperwork. Um, it was very financially exhausting, but it was also unique and probably one of the most amazing processes or things that I've ever experienced in my life. Um, We had a failed adoption about a year into the process, which was really devastating. Um, But then as soon as I, yeah, as soon as I met my, my daughter, six months later, I just knew it was meant to be. I actually got to be in the room for her birth and seeing her for the first time. I felt exactly the same way I felt with when I saw my biological son, it's going to make me tear up, but it's just, it's wild. You have the same hormones. Like she doesn't look like us. (laughs) She's a little Hispanic girl. She's very fiery and it's wild, but she's 18 months now and we just love her so much and can't imagine our lives without her. That was the story we all were waiting for to see you (laughs) and your family adopt that baby girl. It was the sweetest thing. And she is absolutely adorable. What is her name? Her name's August, but we call her Augie. Oh, so, so cute. And how old is your son now? He will be four in September. And they their relationship is so sweet. Like yeah, like you said, um, we were chatting before this podcast and you're just saying how we're in the thick of it with two little kids. Um, getting to finally see those glimpses of them have a relationship is 
all worth it. Like this morning in her crib, mm-hmm. like often she's kind of in there babbling for a little bit before I get her. And most of the time it's like, da, 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 da. Today, I actually heard her saying his name. She can't say it very well, but it's like, Gigi. it's like, Gigian, Gigian. <laughs> so she was calling for her brother to come get her, which sometimes he will be the first one in the room when she wakes up from her naps. And I just thought it was like the sweetest thing. Oh, that is so precious. Oh my gosh. I love that. Thank you so much, Alyssa. I love everything that you shared with us today. I love your story. Tell us where we can all follow you on Instagram and how can people connect with you if they want to work with you? Yeah. So my Instagram handles actually my name. So Alyssa Houston, that's H-U-S-T-E-D-T. And then my website is fertilitywellnessco.com. And then if you want to get in touch with me to email me, it's Alyssa at fertilitywellnessco.com. I hope everyone gives you a follow for all of the amazing information and light that you share on the interwebs. I think it is the best. So thank you. Thank you a million times over for being on the show today and sharing just a smidgen of your knowledge with us. And we will chat with you next time. It's my pleasure. Thanks so much for having me. Many of you may be looking to launch a podcast of your own or have already launched it, and you know that there are lots of admin details behind the scenes. From preparing the outlines of episodes, scheduling release dates, ads, guests, social media clips, edits, and more, Chase and his team at Absurder Pods have created the Ultimate Podcast Workbook, a cheap and easy solution to help you manage all of these details by yourself from your phone or laptop. They're offering my listeners a discount when you order the Ultimate Podcast Workbook to help you manage your show. Through a template they built in the Notion app, you can organize all your podcast episodes and details all in one place. For under $30, this will save you hours on your podcast. Go to upstarterpods.com backslash workbook and receive 20% off your order with code MILE or click the link in the show notes.